Hey everyone, uh, I got a couple things to talk about actually today. Um, basketball is back, you know. I don't really watch basketball. I don't know if you guys knew that. Like, I don't, I don't really like basketball to be honest. Um, it's back, but whatever. Who cares? But there's the other things I wanted to talk about. Firstly, I just want to talk about Squid Game. I fi- I'm finally watching it. I had so much work to do. Like, it's so whacked. Like, we had reading week and. You know, I remember what I think I've talked about this before. I remember reading week used to actually be reading week where you just caught up on work. But now these motherfuckers are giving like three, four assignments. So my reading week was just me working on these assignments. That's why, like, you know, I I was doing the previews and I'm still going to, I guess, do it like the last one. But I was doing them like every other day. And now it's been probably like a week. I would say probably probably even more than a week. Um just because I was so I was so caught up like and the whack thing was today I had my big seminar presentation but he not just double booked me he triple booked me so we had a bunch of readings to do like maybe five six readings and uh you know the other people that were also presenting they were also presenting on the same readings which didn't make any sense it felt like he should have gave me two readings someone else two readings and someone else two readings uh and then we just presented because I went first and I presented, and when the next two people went, they were just kind of saying what I said, and I guess, well, the thing was, I did maybe, like, half my presentation, and the guy was like, oh, shit, I made a mistake, let me stop you here, and, uh, you know, let let someone else go, so they can not say the exact same thing you just said, so I thought that was kind of dumb, the only thing that, you know, so he stopped me midway, the only thing that made me feel pretty good was like people in the in the group chat that we have for the class were like hey you know that was really fucking good you know i wanted like why'd he stop you like he should have kept letting you go um and you know they were saying like you know i did a good job so like i was happy about that so i'm done with my i guess main work like i still have some essays to do but they're like next month so i'll worry about that you know a week before they're due um hopefully not actually i feel like i'm gonna try getting them done sooner rather than later but most of my work is like a month away now um so i have i have time to like you know fuck around a little bit so i've started squid game i just finished episode one and the thing with me is i don't like to pay like i don't do like big picture theme things where it's like hey you know these stairs were these colors so this means that you know this relates to you know this historical thing i i don't do that for the most part when i'm talking about shows or movies or songs um, I do like, I, I, I do notes. So I just think about like, oh shit, like how do I apply that to my life? How, what do I think about that? So the first thing I thought about was just how as kids, we took games way too seriously, like weird games, just way too seriously because you see the kid in the beginning, just rip the other kid's shirt off and the other kids, like, I don't give a fuck, rip my shirt off. I don't care. I'm going to get this victory. This means absolutely nothing. I'm going to gain nothing from this. But I have to get this win. And he let his shirt be ripped. Like, that's just what, that's just how we played as kids. We took things way too seriously. And, you know, I see my little brother, like, he does the exact same thing now. So I'm, I'm just glad that tradition of us being competitive fucking idiots is still continuing. Because I fuck with that. Like, I really do. You know, it's not, it's... It's fun slash funny seeing kids get so 
worked up about things that don't really matter. I, I guess, like, adults do that, too, like. Yeah, I guess adults do. Yeah, adults do that, too, like, getting. But, like, it's more. They get worked up by more adult things, but. I guess not even, like, more adult th- Like, half the time it's adult things. Other times it's just, like, dumb shit. So I guess that still happens, but with kids, it's particularly games like oh you were out you saying you're not out well fuck you you know i'm gonna i'm gonna go home now i'm not gonna talk to you for a week you know shit like that like that's what this is what kids did um you know the kid that won siong i think that was i think that was i don't i can't say it song siong um he won the game in the beginning like as a kid and he said felt like he owned the world and i was just thinking if that's how you know, I felt growing up, like, I loved winning, but I was never, like, one of those people that was upset at losing, I guess. Like, I really wanted to win, but if I lost, it was, like, whatever. And, I like, the thing with me was I was a lot about having fun and trying to win. So I would do dumb shit, you know, risky shit to win. And if it didn't work out, it didn't work out, whatever. You know, I was just thinking about, like, there was always that kid in gym class that was taking shit way too seriously. You know, you're playing, you know, hockey, and, like, this motherfucker's trying to tackle you. It's like, bro, we're, you know, in grade 7, this is 1 p.m. on a Wednesday. What the fuck are you doing? Like, relax. You know, they were always playing like they just drank, like, 11 of those five energy drinks. And I feel like they did, honestly. Like, they always had that look. I feel like it was mostly always... Fuck, I was going to say it was mostly I was the white kids, but I don't think that's true. I think it was like, it, you know, interestingly enough, I don't think it was ever like the Asian kid that was like ultra competitive. Like the Asian, Asian kid. I don't mean like South Asian, like the Asian kids. I never thought like in gym, they were like the ultra competitive people. Like the white people, whenever it came to hockey, someone was going to get tackled. Like one of those motherfuckers was going to tackle you. And then in basketball, like the brown and black kids usually went pretty hard. Um, but I don't, I don't remember like the Asian kids ever going like super hard. So that's, so that's interesting. Um, I don't, I don't really have much more to say. I just, I just, I just don't remember taking it that seriously, but I definitely know some people did take it that seriously. I just, the other thing I thought about was when it actually starts, you know, he's getting allowance from his mom, like not allowance. He was getting money so he can buy his little girl some food and like a gift or whatever. But I was just thinking about, I don't. I don't think I ever got allowance growing up because I usually ate at home. And for the most part, I didn't really, if I, if I needed something, I just asked, but I knew, but I I didn't ask for a lot of things. You know, I asked for like, Hey, can I get, you know, this PS2? And then yearly I would ask like, not yearly, probably like every six months I would ask for like one game. That's all I did. And you know, or I would be like, hey, can I get this RuneScape membership, you know, stuff like that. I didn't really ask for, hey, you know, can I have $20 every month? Because it's like, what the fuck am I going to do with $20 at 12 years old? Like, I can't do anything. Even at like, I didn't I didn't think of money as like something, hey, I need it. Like, I, I need this until probably I was like, I would say 17 or 18, probably even probably 18, honestly, when I got to university because that's when i was like oh okay i gotta i gotta go bus i gotta get something to eat there you know my you know my timings are different now i need money now but before that like i never felt like i needed like this allowance i needed to save up for something i usually just 
I really needed something, I would just ask. But I, w- I didn't ask for a lot of things. Like, I just, I don't know. I just ate and drank at home. Like, didn't really, like, being a kid was really dope, honestly. Um, because I'm doing this at work and it's fucking trash. My work is so fucking easy and I'm still like, yo, I feel like quitting every fucking day. But anyways, let's get back to Squid Game. Uh, one of the, the other thing I thought was interesting was, you know, you see this in movies and shows a lot. Like, it happened in The Sopranos, too, where I was like, what the fuck is going on? Where they... Uh, well, in The Sopranos, he was the creditor. But in this, he's getting attacked by the creditors in public. It's like, there's fucking thousands of people, cameras everywhere, security guards everywhere. And these creditors can just attack him in public. They can just attack him like nothing happens. So I didn't understand it. Like, he was outside on the street, like a a main street. Cars going by, people going by. And these people just pulled up on him like it was nothing. Like, what the fuck? How does that even happen? And, you know, like, The Sopranos, the same thing. Like, he pulled up on, like, a, at like a bank on this guy. And he ran him over like it was nothing. I'm like, I guess that was, like, 1999. So maybe it was different that back then with, like the cameras and shit but like even then there were so many people outside like some someone would have obviously recognized Tony Soprano fucking 6 foot 3 800 pounds like there's no way no one recognized him or could have like been a witness to this and been like yeah that's he ran him over but in this too like I'm not sure what I would have done if I was Siang Song <laughs> I can't say his name I gotta go I gotta go watch more I've only seen one episode um if I was him, I'm not sure if I, I would have ran. Like, I, you know, I'm obviously talking as someone that this has not happened to. So, like, you know, in person, if this has ever ha- if this ever happened to me, it's obviously going to be different. But I don't know if I would have ran because there's people everywhere. I've just been like, hey, 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 look at this, everyone. Hey, you know, in Breaking Bad, that happened to where, you know, well, the op, like what I'm describing happened where Jesse was in the hospital. They needed him to cook some, you know, meth. Sorry for anyone that I spoiled that for, but they cooked meth in Breaking Bad. They needed him to cook meth, and, like, uh, Gus sent his, you know, guy there to get Jesse, and, you know, he was grabbing Jesse, and Jesse's like, hey, everyone, look here, look here, this motherfucker's grabbing me, he's attacking me. Like, that's just exactly what I would have done, like. Although, I guess you could have pissed him off by that, and now, next time you're alone, like, they're really gonna fuck you up. But even that, like, running does the same thing. So, I guess I don't know what I would have done. I I'm, I don't know. I always I just always found that to be a little strange. Where like they're getting attacked in public, and they run away and go to a private place. Like how is that more helpful? How is that helping your situation more? Where you're going from a public place where everyone is there, and everyone is a witness, to now you're like running into a bathroom. Like what the fuck? How does that make any sense? Um, what else? I I wrote these down all on my notes. So I'm just going through them right now. Uh. Oh, like the step parent to your <laughs> step the step parent to your kid treating them really well and you gotta hear about it when you're a fucking broke boy. Like I feel like that has to be one of the most heartbreaking things ever. Because also like if you're never getting out of that debt or if you're never going to be like more than just you know, making a regular amount of money and you're hearing about like, oh they're going to the Caribbean again, they're going to Dubai again wow babe that's so nice i'm so happy for you but really i'm crying on the inside like oh fuck that's my family damn it um what else the kid is super cute like i thought i thought that's one i I would also say just having a daughter sounds so so much better than having 
Uh, I don't know. I'm going to have to think about that one. I feel like I would be happy with either. But it just always feels like like that father's um, daughter relationship. It always feels so dope. I don't know. There's something about it. Because I feel like men, like the father-son relationships never seem as close as like the father-daughter relationships. I don't know. It's probably it's probably because like the girls and women in general are probably more open. So it's probably because of that. Um, what else? Picking on broke people sounds so evil. Like the man just came up to me like, yo, I know exactly what you do. If it's so evil, but it's also like I get it. I get it. It's kind of another parallel to like Breaking Bad. So like where he goes to the drug meetings like the drug addiction meeting just to sell them meth because he knows they're addicts so it's very evil picking on like these you know addicts but it's also like damn that's smart as fuck i get it you know you're, you're a smart guy you know you should be using this for something you know less evil you should be using this brain this big brain of yours for something less evil um the other thing was like just rich people are so bored you know they were playing that game in the train station he's like hey let me slap you if I win. Also, like, that man is fucking good at that game. Like, maybe he should have been participating in that. Like, that, he just kept doing it every single fucking time. Like, he, like flipping that little, the, whatever the fuck it was, the, ru- the rubber thing. Or maybe, like, Song's just really bad at it. I guess everyone was bad at it because, like, they all got slapped. So, But he was like, oh, you know, if I win, you got to give me 100K. And, you know, if you win, I'll give you 100K. Um, and when, you know, he won and someone was like, I got no money. He's like, okay, let me just slap you. Let me just slap you. That's just all they want to do. They just want to slap people around. Like, that's, that's just what rich people want to do. I feel like I would, if I was a rich person, this is not what I would be doing. I feel like if I was a rich person and I had like a hundred K just to give out to people, I feel like I would just be giving it out instead of slapping them for it. Uh, the other thing I thought about was just. Imagine how broke you have to be that these people are keeping a tracker on you so they can get you involved in, like, some Hunger Game type shit. Like, I'm talking this shit, but, like, I'm low-key, like, not that far away from, like, someone pulling up on me with that. Uh, that Korean woman is fucking beautiful. I remember, like, people were, like, hyping her up a lot. And then some people were like, oh, y'all are really hyping her up. Like, you're all, y'all are overdoing it. And then I'm like... Yeah, but y'all didn't say anything when that, you know, Queen's Gambit show came out and they were hyping that white woman who's... Like, I'm not saying she's not, like, attractive or anything, but, like, come on, man. Like, the Korean woman's way more, like, beautiful than her. Like, she deserves to get hyped. But, like, no one was saying anything when, like... I, th- I think her name's, like, Anna something. The, the Queen's Gambit woman, like, everyone was hyping up. They're still doing it. Like, oh, there's, like, stan accounts of her. It's like, all right. Let the Korean woman have her shine. She deserves it. Like, does she deserve it? I don't know. I've only seen one episode. I don't know how good of a, like, an actor she is. So I'm just saying she deserves it because she's beautiful. But, like, does she, like, does she just deserve her shine for being beautiful? I don't know. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Um, she was getting beat up because, I guess, she backstabbed this guy she used to work with. And then Song, like, no one was doing anything. Like, they were all just making a circle around it. Maybe, I guess, that's why Song ran away because he knows, like, they're all pussies. So they're, like, he's, like... Uh, you know, if the creditors pull up on me, like, these motherfuckers aren't going to do anything. They're just going to make a circle around me and, you know, watch me get my fucking nostrils pulled out. Maybe that's why he did it. Maybe that's why he ran. I guess I get it then. 
Because, like, the Korean woman, like, she was getting beat up, and, like, no one was doing anything. And finally, Song pulled up, and he stopped him. And then he's like, you bitch. You're the woman who stole money from me, too. What the fuck? So, you know, she's she's really a menace out here. She's just robbing everyone. When the game finally started, like, the red light, green light, Sang-woo was there, you know, the guy... Like, I guess uh, Song knows him. And he was like, Sang-woo, I can't believe you're here. You know, I, was that debt thing really real? And then Sang-woo was like, you know, we'll talk about that later. And Song had, like, a disgusted look on his face. He was like, what? I can't believe this. Like, yo, why are you judging this man? Why are you judging him from being in debt? Bro, you are all in debt here. You were buying your little girl, like, $2 arcade gifts. But you're going to judge Sang-woo for being in debt? Like, make it make sense to me, bro. Um, it feels a little extreme to kill people for having debt. I just thought that was, like, I knew that was going to happen. Like, I saw that, like, there, it wasn't, they weren't going to be like, yeah, there, there's the door to your left. You know, you can exit through there. Like, they're obviously going to kill them, but it's like, feels a little extreme. Um, you see the first person die from moving and your first inclination is to run away really and then you see then you see other people dying for running away and you have the urge to keep running away like i just don't understand that like all the like at least uh, 150 people maybe even more than that died because of that and it was very clear like the people that weren't moving were not getting shot at so like why are you running that made no sense to me um Everyone was having, like, low-key PTSD, and, like, the brain tumor guy was, like... The brain tumor old guy was... Just had, like, the biggest smile on his face and just moving forward. I feel like brain tumor is low-key, like, some alpha shit because everyone everyone else is in shock, and he's just, like, I'm having the time of my life. I'm, I'm about to win this money. I don't know what the fuck y'all on. I'm about to get it, though. So, you know, brain tumor, maybe the key to life, actually. Um, the brown man saved the fuck out of song. Personally, that couldn't be me. I would have had to let him die. Like, it just is what it is. Because they said only one person can win the game. If I'm not mistaken, that's what they said. So it's like, why am I saving this competition? Like, why would I do that? I'm just I'm just letting you die. Like, it has to be that. Couldn't be me. That's all I'm saying. You know, he's a better man than me. That's all I'm saying. All right, that was, uh, that was episode one that I just talked about. I'm going to watch the other one soon, hopefully probably tomorrow maybe the day after that but uh let's just talk about some basketball now mainly i wanted to talk about obviously ah fuck i'm wondering if i really should do like the pacific like i don't like my desire to do it now since it's been so long is just not there so i don't even like feel feel like doing like the pacific division so let's just talk about deandre aiden and like some uh thoughts on like just the first two days of basketball so deandre aiden they're not gonna extend him he wanted the max, and they were like, yo, we don't think you're worth the max. And then there's, it's just so interesting to me just hearing people talk about he's done everything you asked of him. You know, you selected him number one over Luca. He's done everything you've asked. You know, he sets screens. He's a good team player. He does this, this, and this. But then you, so you hear that. And then for like the last five, six, seven years, we've just heard about, you know, centers are not that important. Centers are not that important. Can you really build around a center anymore? Can you really do this, this, or that with a center? How important is a center? You know, can you get like 85% of the production of uh, a great center elsewhere? 
So all that talk, but now you want to pay a guy who, like, if you just think about the things that he does for the Suns, the things that they've asked him to do, screening hard, rolling to the rim, um, rebounding, um, protecting the rim, which, by the way, he's just okay at. He's just okay. He's not a great rim protector. He's not an elite rim protector. He's not all defense caliber uh, defender. He's not that. So he, he screens, he rolls hard to the rim, he rebounds, and he protects the rim pretty well. Like So he's done everything you've asked of him. That player, however, is not worth the fucking max. That player is not worth 35 to 40 fucking mil a year. It's just not. You know, and we saw it already on opening night where it's like Jared Allen. He can give you, like, is DeAndre Ayton really better than Jared Allen? I don't know. Is he better than Clint Capella? I don't know. Is he better than Time Lord? I don't know. Is he better? Like, he's probably better than, like, they're, he's probably better than Rashawn Holmes, but like, Rashawn Holmes is a step below, like, all those guys that I've mentioned. But like, it's, he he's on that tier with Jared Allen, Time Lord, Clint Capella. So, and, like, those two, like, Capella and Jared Allen in uh, specific, like, those guys are getting paid, I believe, 25 mil a year. You want to pay DeAndre in, who I'm not sure he's better than those guys, like, 10, 15 mil more than that? That's insane to me. That's just insane to me. And tonight, like, I watched him play. He, this man's fucking shooting threes now. He's looking at the, he's trying to score way more. Um... You know, he's, tra- he's trying to show them, like, hey, you know, I can make threes too. You know, give me the fucking max. Like, I don't know. Personally, if it was me, I would trade him. Unless, he, unless no, I guess I would play the year out. And then I would try trading him. Then I would try trading. Because if he, if he becomes, like, a legit, like, three-point shooter where he's making, like, 34, 35% on, like, three, four attempts a game, then I would have to consider the max. Then I would have to consider it, but right now he doesn't. He like he's not a max player. And the other thing is, I like, oh, it's you know you guys drafted him number one over Luca. Yeah, that was a fucking mistake. So you guys want me to compound the mistake by paying him a max now too? Like I'm supposed to make two mistakes because I made a mistake before? How does that make any sense? It's kind of like, you know, like um, in 2016 when like the cap spike was happening, you know, teams were signing Timofey Mozgov to 16 mil a year. Ian Mihimni, Jan Mihimni, to like 12, 15, 16 mil a year. So just because I made that dumb mistake once, I'm supposed to do it again now? So I selected this guy over Luca. Big fucking mistake. I remember, I, no, I, I, re, not, I don't know how to say. I heard Tim, McMahon, Tim McMahon saying their plan, like the old coach's plan, like the one that was there before Monty Williams got there, his plan was, Draft Luca, and put like a big offer sheet for Clint Capella, like the twenty-five mil a year type. I like that way more than what the fuck they have right now. If like going for like the next ten years, they have Luca, Booker, Bridges, Capella, or just Luca, Booker, Bridges. Like that's their three. That's that's fucking amazing. That's great. I I would much rather have that than what they have right now. Yeah, so I I completely get why the Suns are like, let's play it out. We don't want to give you the max. We don't think you're worth the max because, frankly, he's not worth the max. He's just not. If this year he just averages like 18, 20 points, 
18 points, but it's not like the fake ass points where, you know, it's a pick and roll every fucking time. That's, and, you know, you're getting spoon fed these layups and shit. Like if it's, if it's that, I just, I'm not paying you the max. Um, all right, let's talk about opening night and like some of the games from tonight. Opening night, uh, Bucks, Nets. So, you know, I talked about this in my preview of the Atlantic Division when I talked about the Nets, where I'm high on them, but I'm lower than most people on them. Because, obviously, Harden and KD alone make you a contender. But I've heard people say, like, they're the clear favorite, even without Kyrie. Like, no doubt favorites. With James Harden and Kevin Durant, that is not a super team right now. That's just not a super team. They're a, they're a great contender. They might be the favorite, but it's not, like, huge favorite or anything like that. They're probably right there with the Bucks and the Lakers as, like, championship uh, favorites to me. So, opening night, they just get smashed by uh, the Bucks, And, you know, Giannis looks fine. Middleton looks like the same. Drew Holiday got, like, a contusion or whatever, so he was out. Uh, he was out the second half. He played the first half. Um, one thing I, I did wanted to talk, I wanted to talk about just... If the Nets and Bucks had faced again in the playoffs, you know, people were like, you know, the Nets would win in four or five games. And I was just thinking about that. Drew Holiday had like a horrendous, a horrendous series. And I'm not sure he would have done that again. So like, I just wondered how much if him just being regular Drew Holiday, how much their offense would have improved just by that. So I, I I was I did always wonder about that. I feel like the Bucks this year offensively are going to be much better than they were last year because PJ Tucker was an absolute nothing on offense. He was nothing. You know his corner three numbers weren't even that great anymore. And defensively, I don't think he was like like typically PJ Tucker has always been a all defense second team caliber defender. Like he might not make it, but he's that caliber. I thought he took a step below that. I thought he was just above average. I didn't think he was like anything that good on defense. So you lost Tampa. You get Grayson Allen. You're hoping like some of your guys like Jordan Nawara get better. Um, I I like this team. I do. So and hope maybe they do have more confidence this year. Maybe maybe their offense doesn't suck ass in the playoffs this year. Maybe we'll see. So um, anyways, I was talking about the Nets. Like the thing that I didn't like about the Nets was. People like uh, Kevin O'Connor talking about they might have the most depth in the NBA too. They have the most uh, top-heavy roster, but then they might also have the best depth. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Because, yeah, Patty Mills had a great game. But you look at their roster, it's like LaMarcus Aldridge is like, what, 36? And he's like got like a heart problem still. Like, not still. Like, he got clear, but it's like, yeah, you're 36. You can't play no defense. No one's like, you can't. On pick and rolls, like, he's not switching. If he drops back, no one's scared of LaMarcus Aldridge at the rim. Like, not a single person is scared of that. So defensively, he's a problem. Offensively, yeah, if you want to go post up LaMarcus Aldridge in 2021, go at it. Please go at it. I welcome it. Like, if you if you, if you you get a switch and we have, you know, Drew Holiday on him and you want to go post him up rather than give the ball to James Harden and Kevin Durant, please do it. Please do it. You want to, LaMarcus Howard, you want to take this 18-footer fade away, please do it. We, we welcome it. So, I, like, I just, like, he's fine. He's okay. 
Paul Millsap. I said I, I think Paul Millsap is done. Like I, I watched him last year, and I thought he was done. Like every game, he would get the ball at the top of the key, he would try to go into the rim, and miss badly, like horrendously. Um, his lateral quickness isn't there anymore. As a rebounder, he's not there. He's never been a great three point shooter. Like some years, he has like good three point percentages, but they're always low attempt and like they don't really mean anything. So he's never been a great shooter. He's a fine def- like okay defender still. Because, you know, he's he's still smart and still strong. And even though he can't move like he used to, like it's fine. Like it's not like it's okay. He's a fine he's an okay defender. Nick Claxton, like, you know, everyone likes to talk about his potential, but like I've I've said it before, where every time I watch him, I'm a little lower on his ceiling than other people are. The guy cannot make a free throw to save his fucking life. He shot like forty four percent last year. And it looks like that has not improved even a little bit. He looks like t- he looks to be the exact same fucking player, which is fine. But it's like I don't see the improvement from him really. And he was he was just an okay player, so he's he's still just an okay player. Like he's fine. And then on top of that, who else do they have? Uh, Blake Griffin, he's good. Uh, Joe Harris is solid. Um, Blake Blake solid. Joe Harris is solid. I, Blake's not good. He's he's solid. Who else do that? Bruce Brown, he didn't even play. Uh, James Johnson, he can't shoot. I guess he's an okay defender, but he's he's also like 36, 37 or whatever. So I don't know how good of a defender he still is. And he has, like with the Pelicans, I don't think he made much of an impact at all. So I just don't know what he is. Like he might be rejuvenated playing for the Nets. I don't know. So like I'm not, I'm not a fan of their depth. Like the reason this team was so good was because they had the three stars. But if Kyrie isn't there, I just think they're a high-end contender rather than like a super team or anything like that rather than like clear favorites or anything like that so yeah i think uh they're still gonna be solid um contender for sure but i i'm sticking by what i said about them words i'm a little bit lower on them than most people while still being pretty high on them like i still think you know they're championship favorites like tied for me with like the Bucks, Lakers. Um, so yeah, so let's talk about the Bucks. You know the people, the team that smashed them. Um, they look to be the they look to be the similar team. You know they offensively they look to have spread the floor more with Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen's he's a good three point shooter. He's a solid defender. I think he's got like some handling ability too. I just wonder what it's going to be like when Dante comes back because they paid Grayson Allen. So, are you going to keep starting Grayson Allen if he's shooting like forty percent from three? It's forty percent from three. You know he can catch and go a little bit. He's playing solid defense. Or are you going to bring Dante back in there because you know he's the guy you drafted, you developed, and he's turned out to be a solid player for you, better defender than Grayson, but not like a pretty streaky shooter. So like, I just wonder what they're going to do when Dante comes back, or and even if he's coming off the bench, you just have more depth now. You know, you have George Hill off the bench, Pat, Dante, Portis. Like, it's a, it's a lot of good depth for them. No, maybe Jordan Nuara can become something. So, you know, the Bucks, solid team. Both ends of the floor. Uh, let's talk about the second game that happened on opening night. Lakers, Warriors. Lakers, LeBron looks like LeBron. He looks like LeBron. AD looks pretty good. I'm still worried about that heel and that Achilles just because... I don't I don't think that heel and Achilles have fully healed until 
he can start making his free throws again because he's an 80 to 85 percent free throw shooter who shot like a a career low last year like 73 percent so until he gets that back up i'm just not ever going to fully believe like i'm watching completely healthy anthony davis uh lebron looked like lebron ad looked like ad they both had 30 and 10 games great shooting um russell westbrook um not as not as good not as good uh rough game for russ they you know when lebron has the ball it's still going to be an adjustment on what what the fuck is russ going to do and i said i feel like he needs to cut more or i i don't think he i don't think he should be spotting up that much if he's spotting up it has to be the corners he can't be spotting up on the wing the only time he should be spotting up on the wing if he's if he's going to cut to the rim I thought he should be standing on the baselines a lot more because when LeBron and AD go to the rim, they only have to finish over like a point guard now. And I feel like they can do that pretty easily. Like they can do that in their sleep. Uh, I didn't see a lot of Russell Westbrook setting screens for LeBron, which is a little concerning. I thought we were going to see a lot more of that. Uh, they did have some injuries. You know, Taylor was out. Kendrick Nunn was out. So, you know, those guys are definitely going to help their bench scoring because their bench gave them almost nothing. Um, you know, people are going to talk about offensively, oh, Russ was so horrible. I, I, you know, I've talked about this during the finals where the Suns scored like 120 points, but the Bucks scored like 125 or whatever. And everyone was like, the Suns offense needs to be better. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Their defense needs to be better. So... With the Lakers, like, Russ obviously needs to be better. But they give up, like, 40 points in the fourth quarter. This is a team that was the number one defense last year. This is a team that, you know, a couple, like, in 2020 was a top three defense. And I just feel like if LeBron and Anthony Davis are healthy and engaged, they should be a top five, six, seven defense in the league still because those guys are that good. They're that big. They're that versatile. And uh, I just I just feel like defensively was the pro- defense was the problem yesterday. Not I guess two days ago. No, no, it was still yesterday. Yesterday, that was the problem, and I feel like that's something they're gonna have to, you know, fix a lot more than their offense because I think Russ is going to eventually figure it out, um, or they're gonna they're gonna find like a nice balance. But defensively, it was miscommunication after miscommunication. It was Carmelo not stepping up on Steph Curry threes on, you know, pick and rolls. It was Russ and Bazemore messing up switches. It was it was a lot of that. So, you know, th- that's something they're going to have to figure out more than the offense because it still scored like 115 points or whatever. The Warriors on the other side looked super deep. You know, all their players were making shots. They were playing well. And Steph had a bad shooting night, but like, you know, he was sharing the ball. You just see, like, the gravity that Steph has on a team. He's setting a back screen, and you're so worried about Steph. You know, that a lot of the miscommunication that Russ and Basemore had, it was because of that. Like, they didn't know what to do on, like, those Steph setting a back screen for them. He's like, hey, you know, this guy, he's obviously going to curl out. What are we going to do here? And then someone else gets a backdoor cut. So, you know, even when uh, Steph is having a bad shooting night, he can still have a huge impact on games. Um, the Warriors look good. They look fine. I, you know, I'm not going to overreact to like one fucking game. Like, you know, jokingly, like it's, it's obviously jokingly, but some people are like, oh, you know, the first game decides everything. You lose the first game. It's over. It blow it up. So I'm not there with it. Like, I don't like doing that. It's just, it's not that fun to me. 
Um, let's talk about the games from tonight. Nick Celtics was incredible. I watched all of that. Jalen Brown is a is a is a man among boys. His handle and shooting improvement is insane. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that, except that I actually have Julius Randle. His handle and shooting ability is probably even even more impressive than Jalen's, because I did not see that coming at all. You know, Jalen has become a better passer and playmaker every single year, and this year feels like the exact same thing. His playmaking looked really good. He was making the right pass, right right reads and everything. He was a plus 16. The bench was, you know, minus 16, minus 14, minus 14. Tatum was... This is this is the one problem that I had. Like, people always talk about, oh, can Jalen and Tatum fit together? I'm like, yo, they're 24-25, and they've already made, like, three Eastern Conference Finals. So, like, yeah, I feel like they can fit together well. But the one thing I do worry about is... Because I think... I think I honestly think they're one A one B. Like some people think Tatum's just better, no question about it. I I'm not one of those people. I think I think Jalen is right there with Tatum because I don't th- I don't think Tatum's offensive like he's got all the moves and shit, but he doesn't make them at the clip that you would think he does. And when it gets to that point, I don't really give a fuck if you have like the biggest bag of all time. I really don't care. If you're not making them, like I don't, I don't care. So one thing, one thing I've always noticed about Jalen and Tatum that concerns me just a little bit is that, so when Tatum has it going, Jalen is willing to be like the Pippen, where he's like, okay, you got it going, we're gonna run. Instead of the plays being fifty fifty, we'll do, you know, seventy five twenty five. Like, hey, we know you're on, you're going, you do your thing. Tatum, how Tatum doesn't do that for Jalen though. When Jalen, like when Jalen's going tonight, Jalen is in God mode. He's in like, you know, big head mode. Tatum still takes thirty shots. Like what the fuck? How, why are you taking thirty shots? I just don't get it. Like it makes no sense to me. So you know, I didn't like that's that's the that's the one thing that concerned me. It's like you, this was your night to be Pippin, but you felt like you had to take thirty shots to, you know, make an impact. Like one one shot in particular that really pissed me, like it like legitimately pissed me off was at the end of I believe the first overtime, they get the stop. Jalen like he's up court, and I it, it felt like he asked for the ball and, Tat- and then Tatum kept dribbling and Jalen was like all right whatever, and Tatum took like this fadeaway mid range air ball like it was horrendous, and that really pissed me off. I was like yo give the ball to Jalen what are you doing. Jalen's been killing them. Like, not a single player on that team has been able to stop him. So why are you not giving him the ball? Uh, other than that, Robert Williams, I love Time Lord. Time Lord is one of my favorite players. His hands are incredible. The way he plays passing lanes, incredible. His timing on shot blocking, incredible. And on top of that, he's a great passer. The Celtics had 34 assists on 48 made uh, field goals. So, you know... Ime, one thing he talked about was like, hey, you know, last year's Celtics, not a lot of assists. You know, we got to pass the ball. So I guess one thing that's always been interesting to me is the system versus the player that's hot. So, like, you obviously want to play your system, but if someone has it going, do you still want to run your system or do you want to get the ball to him? Because on the other hand, the Knicks were like, yo, this is a four or five point game. 
we're going to post up Julius Randle on the left side. No, on the, my bad, on the right side, three, four, five possessions in a row. And that, like, four or five-point lead went to, like, ten because he was just abusing Grant Williams over and over again. Ime needs to, like, quickly recognize that and be like, yo, Time Lord, get him. Because once Time Lord got on him, Julius really wasn't doing anything. Uh, the Knicks additions were really good. Like, Evan Fournier, you know, he was really good making threes. You know, with Kemba, they were spreading the floor, you know, instead of uh, fucking uh, Alfred Payne out there, they had Kemba out there. They took 45 threes, made 17 threes. Like, you know, they did their thing. Like, that's what that's just what they do now. They're going to shoot a lot of threes. Some of the threes that quickly was taking, I was like, yo, what are you doing? He played like a, he still played like a rookie with some of the threes he was taking. He felt rushed out there. Like, the game still felt really fast for him. So, you know, the Knicks look pretty decent. I think defensively they're going to struggle because Fournier and Kemba really aren't, like, that good of defenders. Uh, RJ is a fine defender. Julius is pretty good. RJ is a good defender. Julius is a good defender. Mitchell's okay. Toppin looked really good. He's, he, he looked super athletic. In college, he could shoot the three. Like, in in NBA basketball now, he hasn't been able to shoot it that well. So I wonder how much can he improve his three-point shooting. Because running up and down the court, finishing lobs, finishing at the rim, like, he's really good at that. And I feel like we're going to see a lot of Toppin, Randall uh, minutes together. Um, the Knicks were missing Netherlands too, so, like, that matters a little bit. Uh, the Celtics really missed Al Horford because Al Horford was a guy that he he probably could have done like a really good job on Julius Randle. So like they were missing that guy, and the Celtics felt small a lot of times. Like a lot of their lineups were like you know Payne Pritchard, Dennis Romeo, Marcus Smart, and like Grant Williams at them. Like what the fuck is this lineup? I I don't understand it. So. That was a really incredible game. Other than that, the Raptors are going to struggle to score. Um, you know, I've, like people just kept telling me, OG's, OG's um, so much improved. You know, he's going to be incredible. And I, I, I'm I, a huge OG fan. I think OG's really fucking good. I think OG's already really fucking good. I just worry about his handle in terms of it's a little slow. And I just don't think he's going to be able to beat people off the dribble because his handle's slow. And I was already worried about them being able to score. And I still like, worry about that, like, I don't know who's going to score for this team, um, until Siakam gets back, uh, Cavaliers, Memphis, uh, Evan Mobley looks really fucking good, and, you know, I talked about this already, like, Jared Allen, he went 11 for 11, and, you know, he's, he's a guy that makes you wonder, like, does DeAndre, is DeAndre Aiden better than him, like, why should be, why should DeAndre Aiden be getting more money than him, um, Mobley looked really good. I thought Mo- I think Mobley is going to be solid. If he can make that three, like a corner three, I think then him and Jared Allen can actually work together somewhat because he's quick enough to keep up with guards and they both protect the rim pretty well. And his passing was really shocking. Like, although I guess it was, his passing was good, but it was a lot of like, how do I say? Like the dribble handoff stuff. It's not like real playmaking. It's more like the screen assist type stuff. Uh, on the other hand, John Moran was incredible. Like he's so good at getting to the rim, and that's one of the interesting comparisons: Russell Westbrook and John Moran, because they're super explosive. But I've always felt that Russ's handle was just pretty good, and I feel like if he had like a great handle, he could still get to the rim even with like people giving him five, ten feet of space. 
And that's what you see with Jaw a lot of times. Like he still gets to the rim even with like an incredible amount of space in front of him. Um, Desmond Bain is a starter now. I feel like that was that would have been a really good pickup for someone. Uh, Kyle Anderson off the bench. I don't know how I feel about that because I feel like Kyle Anderson should be starting for a good team. He's that kind of player. He should be playing 30 to 35 minutes for some team. And the thing with that also is I think it's a contract year for him. So, like, you have him coming off the bench in a contract year. I wonder if he's going to try forcing stuff. I really wonder about that. I wonder if you just trade him. I don't know. Uh, Dylan Brooks was out. So, I don't know how much difference that made, really. Uh, Brandon Clark only played 12 minutes. That's interesting because Brandon Clark was a guy that a couple of years ago was like, hey, you know, Jaron Jackson at the 5, Brandon Clark at the 4. We have something here. You know, we got Ja. We have something here. Uh DeAnthony Melton, another Suns failure. I believe, was it the Suns failure or the Rockets? I can't remember right now. But, like, they gave up on, like, everyone in the preseason, everyone coming out of college was like, yo, he's, he's got a chance to be something. And either the Suns or the Rockets, I can't remember right now, gave up on him real quick. And he's turned himself to a really good player. He turned himself to a really good defender. And now he's turned himself into, like, a really good defender. And he's making, like, 40% of his threes. So, and he's super young too. I think he's only like 22 or something, 23 or something maybe. So, you know, the, the Grizzlies have a lot of talent. I still feel like they're going to have to trade like three of their guys for like one really good, like all-star caliber player. And I think that's, I think that's what they should be doing. Uh, Rockets, Wolves, Rockets look, no, not the Rockets. The Wolves look really good. Anthony Edwards is one of my favorite players. I, I've always liked Cap. DeAndre Russell, he was just pulling out for three in that uh, third quarter, and I think they're going to be a good team. Like I think, I think Chris Finch is a good coach, good offensive coach. They have depth, they have good players. They have uh, from Edwards, Cat, Russell. You're getting at least seventy points a night right there. I just feel like you're getting seventy points a night right there. And after that, you just gotta you just gotta scratch in some points from elsewhere. Like Beasley's going to give you something, um, you know. McDaniels might give you something. Vanderbilt might be running down the court. He might get you something. So I just feel like the I, I think the Wolves are going to be good. On the other hand, a struggle for, you know, Jalen Green, Porter Jr., Christian Wood. But I feel like they're going to have nights where they're killing. Where, you know, instead of 4 for 14, Jalen Green is like 10 for 22 or something like that. I, just, I think there's going to be a lot of those nights. Christian Wood maybe goes like, you know, 8 for 12 or something like that. Kevin Porter, you know, we've seen him score 50 already. So, like, we know he's talented. But they're going to have nights like these. They're, they're very young. And I think you have to be patient with them. And you just have to understand that it's going to, you know, it's going to be nights like this. Uh, Shangun looked really good. 11, 6, 3 steals. Like, he looked fine. Like, he looked, he looked like the best rookie out there over Jalen Green. One of the things... With Jalen Green, that was interesting to me was, you know, the, the, a lot of people talked about him and, like, made the comparison to Anthony Edwards, where it's like, hey, you know, Ant had, like, a 40-game stretch of averaging 24 points a night on good shooting. You know, I'm expecting that from Jalen Green. I'm really not. Because one of the big differences between Jalen Green and Anthony Edwards last year is that Ant has a grown man body. Jalen Green does not have that. Like, and I, I feel like expecting that type of year from him is probably not the smartest thing because I just I just don't think he's got the body for it. 
but maybe he's a better shooter than that and he can make up for it like that. Uh, so we'll see. I, I just I just don't think he's going to have the year, the high-end year that um, Ant showed like the last 40 games. So that's just not something I see. Uh, 76ers, Pelicans, Zion's not playing, Simmons not playing. Um, I Like I said, I think I like, I like some of their additions. I think Niang was a really good addition. The man just, he's like 45% from three and he takes like 10 to 12 threes a game per 36 minutes. So he just fires them up and that's something they needed. Like I'm expecting those lineups where it's like Seth out there with Niang and Embiid. Um, I just think those lineups are going to be really good. Maxi looked good. You know, he, he got some of those points in garbage time, but still, like, I thought he looked pretty good. 27-5, shot the three. And the, one of the things I like about Maxi is he knows he's not a great three-point shooter, so he only takes, like, the most wide-open ones. Uh, other than that, I, I need Tobias to take more threes. You're a good three-point shooter. you got to be taking at least five, six, seven threes a game. Seth as well. Like, Seth is a very conservative three-point shooter, and you're too elite to be that conservative. Like you need to be you need to be shooting seven, eight, nine through the game. Uh other than that, Corkmas came in, he made like four threes in like maybe less than two minutes. He looked good and like Drummond. He only played nineteen minutes and he fucking grabbed seventeen rebounds. So like I I thought that was a good addition. Like you just had like that's just all Drummond does. He comes in the game, he grabs sixteen rebounds. Doesn't matter if he's playing 36 minutes a game or 20 minutes a game. He's grabbing 16, 17 rebounds. It's just what he's gonna do. So I thought I, I always thought that was a good pickup. I don't know why he got like mocked or whatever. Uh on the other hand, Brandon Ingram, he still looks like Brandon Ingram. Like he didn't get to the rim, but like whatever. Uh Nikhil looked pretty good. Uh Ground looked pretty good. Other than that, like I don't really have much to say about the Pelicans until Zion's there. On the other hand, like um, Magic, Spurs. The Spurs lost DeRozan. And, well, they had Aldridge only for half, like, the season last year. But DeRozan's gone. Aldridge is gone. And I think this team's defense is going to be really fucking good. Like, top 10 level good. Because you got DeJounte, White, Poitel, Kelton Johnson. And I assumed, I guessed, that McDermott was going to be their other guy. Because they just didn't have enough shooting out there. Murray, below average. Portal can shoot. Keldon below average. Derek White can shoot. So you have one guy that can really shoot. And two guys that are below average. One guy was a non-shooter. So you just need a McDermott out there. Like a guy that's, you know, 40% three-point shooter out there. I do wonder how that's going to change. Because Vassell, he just keeps impressing me more and more every time I watch him. Defensively, he's really fucking good. And he showed a lot tonight with, like, his ability to handle the ball. So I do wonder if at some point we're going to see, you know, Murray, White, Vassell, Keldon, and Poitel. Because Vassell's a good shooter. So I think you can, like, reasonably, you know, replace him with uh, McDermott out there. And now you have, like, a two-way lineup out there. Um, so yeah, the Spurs look pretty good. What else? Uh, Jazz looked like Jazz. I don't really have much to say about that game. Um, the only thing I would say about that game is I think the NBA needs to be fined by, like, sued by Bill Russell personally for putting Rudy Gobert's face on Bill Russell for that commercial that they did. I think that was insane. 
do not disrespect the great Bill Russell like that by putting fucking Rudy Gobert's face on him. Rudy Gobert is not the modern day Bill Russell. Stop it. Stop. I'm getting pissed off just thinking about it. Uh, Nuggets Suns. Jokic looks better. He looks healthier. He completely dominated DeAndre in, And, um, you know, Michael Porter Jr., he looks fine. Uh, they still look like they're running their system. It doesn't look like they're trying to, like, force-feed Michael Porter's shots. So, so that was nice to see that they're still running their own system. Jeff Green was a great addition because he does play that small ball five. He's got, like, some nice passing abilities. And he can make threes now. Like, he just randomly... Be- he just he just became, like, a 40% three-point shooter. Didn't tell anyone. So, you know, he can screen and roll, screen and pop. You know, handle the ball a little bit. So, you know, he can play the three or the four or the five. So, very versatile. Um, I like this team. I think this is a really good team. I think it's a really solid team. On the other hand, I was shocked that in the fourth quarter, a team with Chris Paul and Devin Booker, two guys that are elite, elite inside the arc players, pick and roll players, that they went five minutes without scoring a single field goal. That was shocking. You know, Devin Booker, I was shocked at how poorly he played because usually he doesn't play like that horrendously like he does he does other things to you know make sure he doesn't have a bad game like he'll get to the line 10 times like 12 points like he, he that's not stuff that he usually does um one more thing about De- just Devin Booker that se- that NBA lane commercial that was fucking incredible but the part the Kobe part was super cringe to me where you know they pull up to like the Kobe mural Devin Booker's in his car. He drives by and like he salutes at the mural. I I cringed at that. I thought that was really corny, and really cringeworthy. I didn't like that at all. Um, aside from that, like Devin Booker, he's okay. Like he doesn't look like he's improved. He looks to be the exact same player, and that player is really fucking good. Um, I thought we were gonna see something out of Jalen Smith because they played him a lot in preseason, but we didn't see anything from that. Um. They're a solid team. Like, I don't really know what to say about them. Like, DeAndre's going to try shooting some threes now, I guess. He didn't re- Like, he had six rebounds, two assists. Give him the fucking max. He deserves it. Six six rebounds, you have to pay that guy the max. You just do. That's just what you have to do. Uh, other than that, um, Kings, Blazers, Harrison Barnes, breakout year. He's 30 years old. Breakout year time. He made eight threes. De'Aaron Fox is by far the fastest player in the league. And the the craziest thing about it is just how he can go from 0 to 100. Really like 0 to like 150. It's incredible. His speed is ridiculous. Uh, Rashawn Holmes, another player where it's like he can't do like 75, 80% of what DeAndre Ayton does. The dude had 21 and 11 tonight, a 9 of 10 shooting. But no one's ever like, Rashawn Holmes shoots 70%. DeAndre Aaron shot 70% in the playoffs. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, of course he shot 70 fucking percent. He's, like, getting assisted on, like, 85% of his shots. Like, no shit. Like, Rashawn Holmes is obviously, like, there's tears to this. Like, Allen, Capella, Aiden, Time Lord. Like, they're, like, that 25 mil a year type scale. Like, Rashawn Holmes is a tier below that where he's getting, like, the 15, 16, 17 mil. Which is what he's getting paid, like. So he's a he's a tier below that, but it's still like you can see that there's centers you don't have to pay a max to to get like that type of production. Uh on the other hand, you know, CJ looked good. Dame had like a really bad shooting night. 
Um, Nurk looked pretty good. Nurk looked pretty good. Um, but not much else to say. Like, they played horrendous defense like they usually do. I thought their defense would be better, but they're still too small. Like, I still think they have to get rid of CJ. Um, for, like, a bigger guard, like, you can't have 6-2, 6-2, 6-3 like, your 1-3. through three. Like, you need to get another wing in there that's, like, 6-6 six, six to 6-8. Six, um, but, yeah, like, that's all I had. That's all I have for today. Uh, thank you for listening, everyone. Yes, bro. Yeah. Come back. Yeah. 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 Smoking on gas, we five in the blunt. Popping new tags, it's one over one. I got them chopsticks, sang on the lunch. Came out the creek, had to jump off a ton. Made off the streets, I came up from a crumb. Two thousand just for the shoes I put on. Spin out and do a 360 for nothing. Freestyling while I got cush on my lung. Cracker that Burberry, that's what I'm on. Packed out the club, that's a quarter million. High price fashion, Italian Milan. She get attached and I'm going on the run. Took the good batch and I came for my touch. Hundreds of baddies, it's hard to choose one. Green like the shooters, it's already done. Green like the shooters, they already on you. Take a few addies and go on the coma. Taking them rapping, them bills, my diploma. Driving my space crew, going to Daytona. Lie around the corner like Ronald McDonald's. Count on my lumber, you call me Obama. Ripping that bird like the number one stunner. Put on reserve, she call when I wanna. Hopping a vertigo over 200. She kept it real with her shout out Shalanda. I bought a Gucci, she bought me a chopper. Running in sex is bringing me problems. But I'm at my best when I'm running through models. Look at your range, you done dipped them in vodka. Talking to Millie, yo, Pucci, I got. Came out the trap, hood, nigga, Romada Hold in the back with a truck in the front Smoking on gas, two five in the blunt Popping new tags, it's one over one I got them chopsticks, sang on the lunch Came out the creek, had to jump off a ton Made off the streets, I came up from a crumb Two thousand just for the shoes I put on Spin out and do a 360 for nothing Freestyling while I got cush on my lung Cracker out Burberry, that's what I'm on Packed out the club, that's a quarter million High price fashion, Italian Milan She get attached and I'm going on the run Took the good batch and I came from my tongue Hundreds of baddies, it's hard to choose one Green like the shooters, it's already done Crashed out on pills, but it's making me numb I pay the bill, you consider it done Trap in the field, made a meal on my own Peel off the seal on that high tech on front Cash out on diamonds, Italian Milan 100 bad bitches having fun Rolling off inks and I came from my arms Platinum my saw me, it's clear than Patron Money and power, it got me on mids Load up my rifle, I don't go to bed Coppin' a viper, gon' make him upset Fuckin' rich niggas, gon' get you with gits Pussy was leaking, I fucked on his jet We made a bun to never forget Counsel that hoe, she tryna fuck on my chick Get in this Lambo, this not a cuff fit Mold in the back with the truck in the front Smoking on gas, two five in the blunt Poppin' new tags, it's one over one I got them chopsticks, sang on the lunch Came out the creek, had to jump off a ton Made off the streets, I came up from a crumb Two thousand just for the shoes I put on Spin out and do a 360 for nothing Freestyling while I got cush on my lung Cracker out Burberry, that's what I'm on Packed out the club, that's a quarter million High price fashion, Italian Milan She get attached and I'm going on the run Took the good batch and I came from my tongue Hundreds of baddies, it's hard to choose one Green like the shooters, it's already done Hundreds of bad bitches. Hundreds of bad bitches.